You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are wrapping up this season of Set Apart to Serve with our last Set Apart to Serve story this this morning. And it's it's a neat one. I think this might be my favorite one of all the ones we've done. Just saying. There's a bunch of women in the room right now, and I'm kind of stoked about that. I am outnumbered. You are very outnumbered. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting the Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. We are surrounded by deaconesses today. I'm so happy right now. There's blue everywhere. <laughs> we are we are so excited to continue the set apart to serve conversations today with deaconess leaders from across the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Joining us in studio, Deaconess Amy Rast. She's the associate director of Deaconess Formation at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Deaconess Rast, welcome to the coffee hour. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's good to have you in studio. And Deaconess Dr. Jillian Bond, she's director of Deaconess Studies at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. Dr. Bond, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. And Deaconess Kristen Waslek. She's the program leader for Deaconess Studies at Concordia University, Chicago, and the interim dean of the College of Theology, Arts, and Humanities. Deaconess Kristen, welcome. Great to be here with our proud CUC alumni. Hey, hey. Yeah, both of us. <laughs> it is, it's great to have you all in studio today to learn more about Deaconess Ministry. And I know I have some questions about it. I think Sarah has even more questions about it today. Yeah. So Sarah might have even more deeply pressing personal questions about the, the Deaconess program. <laughs> but I, I think all of us certainly can have a lot to learn about the Deaconess ministry and how Deaconesses have served in the church and continue to serve in the church today. Before we even dig into a little bit more about what a Deaconess is and, and that formation, what that formation looks like at the institutions where you serve, I want to hear your stories, how you became a Deaconess. We'll start with you, Deaconess Amy. Tell us a little bit about when you started thinking about serving as a Deaconess. Where where did you even learn about Deaconess ministry? My first encounter with, with Deaconesses was at Concordia River Forest. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember right. that institution. I do too. <laughs> right about the time when, when Deaconess, the Deaconess program began there. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm from the East, originally from the Eastern District, and there are not a whole lot of church workers out there other than pastors. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know about those church workers. And my pastor said, go to that school in, in River Forest, now Concordia, Chicago. So I went there and and met some deaconesses, but I went into social work and have both a bachelor's and master's in social work. But we, there is research that says that there is an age of benevolence, that we reach a certain age in our lives where we want to give back. And as a social worker, I was giving, but um, as a Christian woman, I wanted to increase my knowledge of our faith and use that faith in caring for people. So I went into the distance program at Concordia Fort Wayne at the seminary there. My husband, who was in South Africa at the time, sent me an email and said, they're starting a program. Uh, You need to join right now. You've always (laughs) wanted to be. Study theology. Do it. So I went through the distance program there. Yes. Wow. That's a good husband. (laughs) (laughs) Deaconess Bond, what about you? What's your story? When did you first learn about deaconesses? How did you become a deaconess? Well, my story is a little odd, probably. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I spent my previous working life in material science and engineering nice, and was a faculty member for many years in, in, in that area. I was on a year's sabbatical out at uh, Pacific Northwest National Labs, minding my own business, doing transmission electron microscopy. 
I when love I, this so much right now. <laughs> Thank you. When I had, I've never found adequate words for it, but this encounter with, I mean, we know that God is present everywhere all the time, but we also know from Scripture there are times when he's present in different ways. And what I have can only could only understand as like an in, a more d- direct encounter, if that makes sense, with the Holy Spirit this overwhelming sense of this presence that was getting stronger and stronger and um, eventually it was like having somebody reach into my mind and show me what I was without or would you know like without him not that I had any great illusions about that before but it was even worse than I might have thought you know what I mean and yet he had come not in wrath but in love and gave me a much better appreciation of just how much I've been forgiven for and as this this encounter went on for a while and it became so strong and overpowering i really th- i remember thinking that i was going to die and i remember praying lord if this is the time you know that um you've de- decided to take me then your will be done or if there's something you want me to do you know then okay a little earlier in the encounter i had also coming from a British background where the culture was riddled with what I now know as the fallout from higher criticism, um, I had asked as a kind of a rhetorical question, but it's like, it really is true, isn't it? Like all of it, meaning God's word, you know, and Christ is the only way. And I'm not, as I say, this is going to sound weird. It's not like somebody standing there speaking to me, but just this word like resounding in my head, I heard, yes. I would die for that because it's like I heard it directly, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then anyway, I said, you know, if this is the time you've decided to take me, um, so be it, you know, and or if there's something you want me to do. And I heard, feed my sheep. And you have to understand, engineers are kind of literal people. And I've never been very good in the kitchen. I'm not gifted that way. <laughs> and I'm thinking... He wants me to start going out and feeding the hungry. That's fine, but I, he knows I can't cook. You know, <laughs> and I'm praying, Lord, okay, whatever you will, I'll do. But you know, you're really going to have to help me with this. <laughs> and I heard one other thing, which is, you're a teacher, which professionally I was. And I, anyway, uh, that was kind of the short version. But I talked to the pastor out there in Washington State about it. I, that was terrifying because I thought he'd think I was delusional and like send for the men with white coats. You know. <laughs> But he didn't. He was actually very encouraging. But I was coming to the end of my sabbatical and going back to New Mexico, so he wanted me to call my pastor there, not to wait till I got back, but to call my pastor in New Mexico right away. And that was even harder trying to tell this story to somebody on the phone where you can't see the body language. (laughs) (laughs) But to my great surprise, he was very encouraging too. (laughs) And uh, that was before either seminary had uh, deaconess programs but he suggested, after talking with his son, who was also a pastor, he suggested the MA programs. And I called both seminaries. And St. Louis at that time would have needed me to be like residential a substantial percentage of the time, which if I was going to keep a roof over my sons and my heads was just not an option. I needed the, the engineering job. You know, that was two ways about that. I called Fort Wayne and Bob Wegman and um, Dr. Gieschen spoke with me because I wanted to be an exegetical major, which I was. And they worked with me as a kind of a special, very, very part-time student, doing a few credit hours each year and then dating myself, videotaping, because there weren't <laughs> distance programs then, videotaping some of the courses so that I could take them at the same time as guys that were on campus. 
and I went through and got a master's degree. And along the way, both my pastor and Dr. Just, who was then the director of Deaconess Studies in Fort Wayne, um, encouraged me to prepare for deaconess, to serve as a deaconess. And the seminary worked with me on a sort of one-on-one basis to see what extra courses I would need. And I did my field work in New Mexico and then stepped out of full-time engineering work to be able to do a, an internship and serve as a deaconess. And a lot of, along the way, a lot of those like, Lord, are you sure you mean me? You know me. You know what I'm like. Are you sure you mean me? You know, kind of looking for the person behind me that he was really talking to. But no, <laughs> here I am. <laughs> and I'm just so staggered that he could work even through someone like me and so blessed. What are the similarities between your career in engineering and what you get to do now as a deaconess? Actually, quite a lot. I mean, I have always loved working with students. So obviously working at the seminary, I'm working with students again. I still do volunteer service in relation to the engineering profession. And I also love research and I'm working currently through St. Louis on a PhD, (laughs) exegetical, (laughs) but because my other one's in materials. (laughs) But also just, I mean, for me, learning the languages and that it was a definite the way that my brain processes I see conceptual patterns that's how I kind of process like science and engineering concepts and so on and the structure of language it's the same kind of thing for me so but just Mm. also when in my engineering life a lot of students would come and talk to me sometimes just about straight engineering stuff but sometimes also about life stuff and it's a lot of overlap (laughs) I can imagine what a I, I certainly see the similarities that, that you've pointed out. But what a what a it probably seems so different too. I'm sure at times as well, working in materials and engineering. And now, does the seminary come to you when they have engineering questions about materials? <laughs> <laughs> well, I not the not really this seminary. I, I did. I, I have talked with Concordia Irvine in relation to their engineering program. Wow! <laughs> yeah, they yeah, they so. do have an engineering program. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Deaconess Kristen, where did your story begin? When did you start thinking about deaconess ministry? Where did you learn about deaconess ministry? So dating, I mean, we're all dating ourselves as far as how (laughs) how we get into these things. When I was in high school, I thought I wanted to be a teacher. And so I was thinking Concordia, River Forest, at the time, and I applied there. Sometime along the way, I started envisioning myself in a classroom with fourth graders or second graders for nine hours a day, every day from August to June, right? And I realized that that had a prison feel to it in my mind. (laughs) You don't want people going into the teaching profession who feel that way about being in a classroom. So I realized it was time for me to look at something else because a lot of people in high school came to me with their, you know, thoughts and concerns. And I, I started thinking, oh, maybe I'll be a counselor. And to do that, I would get a master's degree at Concordia River Forest. And then I thought, oh, well, I don't want to be in school forever. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a scholar kind of person. I don't I don't wanna 
do a master's degree. But my my sights were set on River Forest, and so I was paging through the catalog back when we had physical <laughs> print, oh, yes. yeah, paper yeah, catalogs. Right. I had and those. it was it was 1980, and the program was just beginning that year at Concordia. And I was paging through and I saw Deaconess. And my first thought was, why do they have a program for women who want to be pastors? <laughs> and so I asked my dad, can you call, you know, somebody? Can we talk? And he talked to Deaconess Betty Mulholland, who he knew, who was serving in Munster, Indiana at the time and said, Hey, is this is this program like legit? Is this good? Is this you know confessional good theology here? And and so of course she was part of the founding of it and could speak to that. And so I'm like, well, what better thing to study than theology? I, I like, okay. <laughs> so I never knew a deaconess. I I'd never seen one. I just had this reputation in my mind about who who they are and what they were doing. And I started in the program in fall of 81, the second year of the program. And everything sort of just, it, like, fit. Mm-hmm. Whether it was working with emotionally disturbed children or the elderly or visitations, Bible study, it, it just fit. So I got to minor in psychology and, and exercise mm-hmm. that part of my love for for learning more about caregiving and be able to teach and teach Bible studies and confirmation and VBS and all those things, but it combined all those things, and I, it was, yeah, that's how it happened. So you learned a lot about theology and care, mm-hmm. care for others, and, and you found out the deaconess program wasn't at all about becoming a pastor, but becoming a deaconess. Deaconess, right. <laughs> Right. That's outstanding. We have more to learn about Deaconess Ministry and the, the leaders of uh, Deaconess Ministry at our institutions across the LCMS. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are continuing our conversation in the Set Apart to Serve series. Actually, we're concluding our conversation in the Set Apart to Serve series for this year. And we are talking with deaconess leaders from across the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, leaders who who help with the formation of deaconesses here in the LCMS at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, at Concordia uh, Seminary in St. Louis, and Concordia University, Chicago. We've been learning your stories, hearing about how you became a deaconess. Now, let's, let's talk a little bit about the early years of being a deaconess. Who was there? Who was maybe a mentor or who was guiding you through those early years. We've talked a little bit about, you know, coming into Deaconess ministry. Now let's talk about those early years. Deaconess Rast, tell us a little bit about your first years serving as a a Deaconess. What did those look like? Where were you serving? 
I have done my service there at Concordia Theological Seminary in the program, as well as helping in my congregation and in the community and a few other congregations. So I think the, the greatest role models for me have been other women who aren't necessarily deaconesses, mm-hmm. but prior to becoming a deaconess, certainly my my mother and, and women in the congregation and female mentors throughout my life, women of faith. Right now, I think it's it's mostly our parish nurse at our congregation in Fort Wayne. She is in her 80s, and she is still out there running the mercy ministries at the congregation and, and helping people's needs to be met through the loving, her direct loving care, but also through the loving care of the rest of the congregation, getting them involved. What are some of the ways you've been able to serve as a deaconess throughout the years? Well, there is a congregation in Fort Wayne that has two congregations in one that they are mm-hmm. learning to blend together. Mm-hmm. One of them is is Burmese, okay. particularly, and the other one is to inner city folks, a lot of them very financially challenged or living in in group homes or homeless Mm -hmm. and on Wednesday nights they have a Bible study and serve dinners there and I have been serving there and enjoy that a great deal and I think my my social work background has been Mm -hmm. helpful there. Mm. I'm also serving as um, a Stephen minister in my congregation and helping with that and on the mental health task force in my congregation. Wow. Along with helping my students at the seminary, both distance and residential, to form form a, a way of living and serving that is the, the Christian life, the diaconal life, not just learning theology, but living what we believe. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Great, great ways that you're able to serve and use your gifts too in very specific ways. That's that's awesome. Deaconess Wachlach, what, what about you? The early years of serving as a deaconess and, and ways that you've been able to serve over the years. So I've I've had the privilege of serving in three congregations, one in, in on my internship in central Illinois at St. Paul in Decatur mm. and uh, Good Shepherd in Des Plaines, which closed later on, unfortunately. Not, hopefully nothing to do with me. And then my current congregation that we're, we're members of, but the that has really informed and grounded me in real life, real struggles, real the ebb and flow, the the of parish life, of the sufferings that people endure, and being also there for just amazing joys and to see see that over the years I had the opportunity to do some hospital chaplaincy and I loved the emergency like adrenaline flow that happens in hospitals and how you're able to interject in the midst of, of chaos and physical pain the the sure hope that we have in Christ that was a tremendous privilege but most of my time has been spent at Concordia Chicago as deaconess director and the privilege has been like all of us are, are just blown away by the Lord's work in the women who come to us like all their different stories 
how the Lord works out there. It's just it's just amazing, and it's really a privilege to be a part of that mm-hmm. and help people discern and discern the path forward push sometimes on painful parts like a reticence to serve in this area over here like no I know I don't want to do missions or no I I know I don't want to do youth work and I'm like as soon as somebody says that to me I don't know how my sisters are here but as soon as somebody says that to me I'm like okay I know where our work is going to be you know (laughs) and how many times that the Lord uses those I won't do it to actually call them into that kind of service. That's really neat to be a part of that. Deaconess Bond, how about you? What were where have you been given to serve and, and what were the early years like? So my excuse me, my early service before the seminary called me it was two places. My internship was with a small congregation, Christ the King in Las Lunas, New Mexico. And then I served as a deaconess with Mount Calvary Lutheran Church in Peoria, Illinois. Mm. Mount Calvary also shared my time with Lutheran Hillside Village, which is under the management of Lutheran Senior Services. <clears throat> Excuse me. So my call was through the to the congregation, but I was also a part-time chaplain for part of that a good part of that time at LHV, and I was able to. I was very blessed. I had the opportunity to serve in as as kind of general congregational deaconess, so with a lot of variety in what I did, and then also during the time in Peoria to do institutional and congregational ministry. I had no idea at the time how useful that, where the Lord was going to put me at the seminary and how useful that would be then to have that breadth of experience. <laughs> um, the I loved everything about it. Some parts that I might have expected to, some that I didn't. I had been a kind of Thinking of what Kristen was saying, I, I was nervous about the, you know, originally about the part of working with those who were dying as to how I would hold up with that. I actually loved doing it and always came out of it. And the families would thank me so much and what I, you know, how, how blessed their loved ones have been. And I'd be thinking to myself, actually, I think I was more blessed than they were. <laughs> you know, but anyway, um, I loved the opportunities that arose to speak to people who were either unchurched or dechurched. Mm. Given my experience is back in the UK, having grown up minimally catechized and walked away from the church, sadly, for 14 years, I know what a dark, desperately dark place that is. Mm-hmm. And my heart truly bleeds for the people that don't know Christ or don't, you know, or have turned away. And to be able now to, thanks to the theological training and equipping, you know, to feel like I can have those conversations um, much more meaningfully with people. Mm-hmm. I am so excited always when the opportunities arise to do that. And then also, how many people, it surprised me how many people, including lifelong Lutherans, really struggle with how to answer questions that people raise relating to the interface between faith and science. And of course, I've spent much of my working life at that interface. Mm-hmm. And so that's a topic that's really dear to my heart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure you can tell some stories about about some things. Yeah, I wish we had another three hours to talk with all of you, but we only have three minutes. So, (laughs) so uh, if if someone is interested, if a woman is interested in pursuing deaconess work, if this is something they've been thinking about for a long time, that would be me. Actually, what is your what is your a piece of wisdom 
as a woman is discerning whether Deaconess studies are right for her, what is what is a piece of wisdom that you have for a woman who's thinking about these programs? Deaconess Rast, we'll start with you. To, to understand whose you are, that you are a child of God, and that you receive his mercy constantly in, in the divine service through word and sacrament, but, but through his people too. And so that to, to receive that mercy and keep it to yourself is, is not how God is. So to receive it and share it is exactly what, what you can do as a deaconess. So, yeah. yeah. Deaconess Vasilek. The, the godly counsel of people you trust to help ascertain whether or not the gifts and talents that God has given you are appropriate for this kind of work. The deaconess work is so broad, mm-hmm. <laughs> dizzyingly, dizzyingly so. Mm-hmm. So you may have an idea that you think, oh, I like this. I want to be a maternity home director or something like that. And then the Lord opens up something else. But to consider that there are so many different ways um, to serve. So that's really important for for my students who are all undergraduates. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like feeling, usually they come in feeling very insecure, like, can I really do this? I I don't have the capability. Yeah, you know, like, well, no, the the Lord moves you over those next four or five years. He he puts that in place. If if he's going to call you into it, he will equip you yeah you can respond first of all yes to everything that my (laughs) sisters have just said (laughs) absolutely and again building on that not just i I mean the 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 insecurity that people sometimes feel of whether they can do this but also well speaking for myself anyway they're like if i like if, if if god you know selected it picked out a committee to picked future church workers and for some obscure reason put me on it I would not have picked me you know <laughs> that is like oh, you got to be kidding you know <laughs> and yet he he works through through us yes we're all flawed human beings with our you know I mean with our weird quirks and <laughs> and stuff like that <laughs> and yet he works through us and it is the most amazing thing to see how he does it both in yourself and in other fellow deaconesses, it just blows my mind over and over. You know, mm-hmm. I know God is amazing, but it still blows my mind. <laughs> Briefly, I want to give everyone an opportunity to learn about the institutions where you serve and the programs for formation for deaconess at those institutions. So we'll start with undergrad. Deaconess Kristen, tell us a little bit about, just briefly, how students become um, prepared for deaconess ministry at Concordia University Chicago. So it is a um, bachelor's degree in theology. And so every student majors in theology and takes essentially a second major that is the deaconess specialization with courses almost every semester, field work, and then a, a culminating year of internship that's a paid internship. They have some choice along with that theology major. They may choose like classical pedagogy as a minor if they want to be a classical educator or a psychology if they want or social work education, those kinds of things if they'd like to be more equipped to music is another big one. So, yep. Very good. And how do we learn more about Deaconess Ministry at Concordia University Chicago? 
admission at cuchicago.edu, admission at cuchicago.edu, or call 708-209-3100. Very good. Deaconess Rast, tell us a little bit about formation for deaconesses at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne. We have a master's level program at the seminary, both residential and distance. The residential students are are living on campus and are primarily younger women. And our distance women can be older women who are second career, as many of us of us are called, and as well as young women who are unable to move to campus. Our our studies are foundationally theological, and. And we also then have specific deaconess studies that go along with those. And as as the other programs have, we have field education or practical education in the context of ministry because we learn as much from the people in the parish as as we do from from the the books that we read or the the discussions that we have our education also takes the place of takes place in our in our chapel in the worship services there so yes they could get a hold of us at at uh, deaconess Dot deaconess at ctsfw.edu. Deaconess at ctsfw.edu. Very yes. good. Thank you. And Deaconess Bond, uh, tell us about the Deaconess formation at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. We also have both residential and distance options. The residential program is a graduate school MA program, so it's an academic MA, but also with certification. The major is spiritual care. It is the one MA track at the seminary, that the graduate school MA track that doesn't require a major and a minor because the major has too much required for it to make have room for that. We try and give the good, solid theological foundation that could be built on regardless of the which of the you already heard the variety of areas that deaconesses can serve in regardless of which area they serve in plus some electivity so that the students can specialize if they wish two years on campus one year full-time internship plus either a comprehensive exam or a thesis the online deaconess studies pro or ods program is a certificate program the courses are taught at an ma equivalent level However, because it is in and of itself a certificate program, we can also take students that don't have a bachelor's degree. And in fact, we have a couple, it's a relatively new program. We don't, we already, so we don't actually have anybody who's completed it yet because it's a four-year program and we launched in 2021, not at 2025 yet. (laughs) So it's designed to be able to be done by, it's four years because it's part-time because it's designed to be able to be done by people who have full-time day jobs and or other family commitments and it's has a concurrent in part-time internship that goes with it throughout the four years it's what we the the pedagogical approach is what we call conceptualized learning which basically is all analogies are flawed but the best i can come up with is a bit like in earlier times when many professions people entered through apprenticeships Mm. so it's like they're learning the as it were, the head knowledge, but at the same time, they're learning to apply it in the particular context where they're doing formally, you know, in those case, earlier case examples, your know, apprenticeship, in this case, the concurrent internship. So sometimes people misunderstand contextualized learning to mean that you're twisting the theology. It's like, no, believe me, I would not be involved in anything that did that. <laughs> but to learn to apply it 
in a specific context as you learn it. So the uh, residential program has the advantage of the on-campus formation, both in terms of the campus community and the chapel and so forth. The distance program has the advantage of that contextualized learning. So they both have their strengths. The courses for the online program are taught at an MA equivalent level. So anybody who meets the graduate school entry requirements and wishes to obtain an MA degree can go on and do one more year online and earn an MA degree through it. But the program itself is certificate, so it doesn't rule out those whom life took on other paths rather than getting bachelor's degrees first. Very good. How can we learn more? Oh, definitely contact admissions. Also, if you go to the main webpage for the seminary, hover over academics and look down, you'll see under programs, both residential and online Deaconess studies. And if you click on those, you will find quite a bit more information about the programs for application processes, contact admissions, for to talk about the program and what Deaconesses do. Contact me, bondg, B-O-N-D-G, at csl.edu or 314-505-7114. Thank you so much for spending time with us this morning on the Coffee Hour, for helping us learn about Deaconess Ministry, and uh, just for being our guests here. It's been a a pleasure to to spend some time with all of you. Uh, Deaconess Amy Rast, Associate Director of Deaconess Formation at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne. Thanks for being our guest. Thank you for having me here. Deaconess Kristen Wasilek, Program Leader of Deaconess Studies at Concordia University, Chicago. Thank you so much. Thank you, Andy and Sarah. And Deaconess Dr. Jillian Bond, Director of Deaconess Studies at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. Thank you so much. Thank you, and thank you both for helping us raise awareness of deaconesses and how valuable they can be in the tour congregational or institutional setting. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.